This week on the Game of Life podcast, we are taking a trip into the future to get the first behind-the-scenes look on what will literally change the sports performance and training world, both from a physical and mental standpoint. And we will give you a sneak peek on what is to come in terms of human evolution. Yeah, this podcast is earth-shattering. Seriously. What the internet did for communication, this company is doing for human development. We are diving in-depth on everything ketosis and how the first ketone ester will make athletes and people in all walks of life who use it feel like Iron Man and we'll talk about also nootropics and how much of a positive impact it can have on your mental clarity, focus, and overall brain functionality. Basically, this is like the Jetsons meets professional sports meets becoming a superhero. The information you are about to learn from Brianna Stubbs of Human, the youngest person to row across the British Channel, former world champion for the national British rowing team, has a PhD at Oxford University, doing all those at the same time, and she's got about every other accolade you could imagine. She and Human will blow your mind. You are about to learn information that will take your life, your daily routines, your diet, your habits, the way you approach personal daily life improvement. And it could literally turn it upside down and change your life. And all that's coming to you only here on The Game of Life. And as you know, what we do here at The Game of Life podcast, we bring to you behind the scenes in the lives of NBA players, business savvy entrepreneurs, and top level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. Now, I'm really excited to get into this podcast, and I want to dive deep into it right away, but I want to let you know what's coming up later in the podcast at the three-pointers of the week. I'm going to let you know the book that I'm reading, really, really interesting book from the top trainer of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Self-Improvement of the Week, How to Just Start Your Day at Just an Unbelievable Rate. And the behind the scenes in the NBA, the MVP has been out here training intense, in-depth. We'll talk to you more about that. And, of course, we have our call-in of the week, too. This one's coming from an NBA scout himself. We got them listening. I want to hear from all of you out there to help me keep growing, help the Game of Lifers, the Game of Life podcast, be the most downloaded podcast there is, and just happen to be able to bring on the top performers in all fields, like Brianna Stubbs of Human. So buckle up your seatbelts of your DeLorean and get ready to jump into the future. Brianna Stubbs, Human, here we go. Brianna Stubbs, can you give us a background on yourself? You are basically a machine and uh, human enhancement uh, performer yourself. So can you just give us a quick background on yourself and how you got into the field of human enhancement and nootropics and everything going on you? Sure. So um, when I was 12, I started off rowing um, and I became the youngest person to row across the English Channel uh, with my dad, who was an ocean rower. Um, sort of subsequent to that, I graduated through the ranks of the British International Rowing Team uh, and I represented at under 16 level, junior level, where I won a silver medal at the World Championships, under 23 level, where I won a gold medal at the World Championships. Uh, I rowed for the varsity team for Oxford, uh, where, where I was studying medicine. And then during the course of my undergraduate studies, I decided that I was going to take a bit of time off and uh, pursue rowing a bit more kind of aggressively and um, made it onto the scene 
senior team. And alongside doing that, I was accepted to do a PhD in metabolic biochemistry. So I was specifically interested in how the body metabolizes exogenous ketone supplements and how they can be used to um, improve and uh, maximize athletic performance. And so that really fitted in nicely with my my own kind of athletic interests. And so for four years, I was studying for my PhD with Professor Kieran Clark in Oxford and also rowing full time with the British rowing team. Um, and in that time, I won a silver medal and a gold medal at the Senior World Championships. So most recently in 2016, um, World Championships in the lightweight women's quad um, and so just as I was finishing up my PhD, I was approached by Human, uh, formerly Nutribox. Uh, they're a company that are interested in biohacking and uh, up until now, like working mainly on nootropics and enhancing the brain. And it was the way that they talked about human performance um, being something that we can all kind of personally own and take control of was something that really aligned nicely with my values as an athlete. And they were particularly interested in ketosis and obviously the subject of my PhD uh, and how it could work to improve cognitive performance, enhance longevity and also improve athletic performance. And so they offered me a role out here. And so I've just made the jump from uh, being a full-time athlete and a full-time student to working in a Silicon Valley startup. So it's quite quite a big change um, but it's very enjoyable wow okay so let me unpack this really quick so you studied at oxford and you yep. rode for the british national team yeah i mean oh my there were so many people that told me i couldn't do it i remember when i was applying for my PA. HD and um, the what well, the chap who ended up being my supervisor sat me down the day before and he was like, "Are you really sure you want to do this? Because a PhD at Oxford is pretty full on, yeah. and you won't be able to do the rowing if you do this." And I'm by this point, I'd kind of committed in my head to doing this application. I was like, "I'm." you know, I know that there's 24 hours in the day and I know that I'm going to be better than anyone else at like maximizing what I get out of those 24 hours each day. And so, you know, it was, it took a lot. I mean, I look back now and I don't know how I did it and it took a lot of discipline and a lot of hard work. And by the end I was exhausted and I don't know whether it's taking me a bit of time <laughs> to back out the other side of those four years, but I don't have a single regret and I'm really glad that I did it because, and then the same with the rowing team, they were like, why are you studying on the side? You know, you're yeah. training two or three times a day. You're not getting any recovery and your, your performance would be so much better. But actually, I feel like having the combination of both kind of really rounded me out as a person. And I was so intense about both things that I feel like if I'd just been rowing, I'd have stressed out too much about my rowing right. performance would have ultimately suffered. And the same with the PhD, you just get so involved and emotionally involved and time-wise, you know, so much goes into each of these things that I was, would have struggled to switch off if I didn't have, you know, if one of them was going badly, the other one was always going all right. So it kind of kept me, it kept me so occupied in a, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. 24 hours in a day, you might've squeezed about everything out of those 24 hours. Yeah, it's very, sure. very impressive background. And then it led you into uh, a startup, which is now human. And basically the main points of human is you guys are on the cutting edge of biohacking of how to increase longevity, the overall evolution of humanity. And like you began to talk about exogenous ketones. And those are the main points that we want to cover today. So the audience gets an understanding of what exogenous ketones are, how to um, overall have the best health longevity, how to live the healthiest lives that they can. I'm a huge biohacking nut as it, as it is. So I'm always trying to study on the cutting edge of biohacking and, just the evolution of where humanity is going. Um, 
in the long term. So let's yeah. let's uh, let's break it down first, and let's talk about let's talk about nootropics. I think nootropics yeah. is is a uh, is a is a interesting, very interesting topic that is is getting talked more and more about in in the public. But what exactly is nootropics, and what are you guys doing with it in in general? So, I mean, nootropic kind of broadly covers anything that you can take, whether it's a food or a plant extract or a drug that is sort of specifically being taken to enhance your brain health or your brain performance. So, I mean, we're, um, there are a, a range of these nootropic compounds available. And here at Human, we have productized a range of them that are approved and safe as non-prescription drugs by the FDA. So the current like range of products that we offer, firstly, is like a fish oil-based supplement because uh, fish has got fish oil, vitamin K, and vitamin D. And, and these are mm. things that even uh, they have benefits that go way past just helping your brain health. I mean, they're great for your cardiovascular system, great for your bones. And so um, we believe that supplementing with vitamin D, vitamin K, and omega-3 fish oils, that's a really important part of, of anyone's sort of health regimen. And so that product is called Kdo3. Um, the next type of product we offer is is more of like classically what you kind of consider a nootropic. It's got plant extracts in it that have been studied in humans and shown to improve things like working memory, improve attention, uh, uh, and also reduce fatigue as well. And so the rationale with the fish oil um, supplement and also this daily nootropic, which is called RISE, is that you take them every day and the long-term increase in the beneficial compounds inside your system will mean that you'll experience sort of a a gradual increase in your brain health and brain performance. Um, And then we also... then So then the other two products that are in the Nutribox family of products... Uh, are called yawn and called sprint and those are more like one-off or like kind of acute use so you take yawn if you want to help yourself go to sleep it's got melatonin glycine magnesium all of these compounds that are well validated in humans again to help you naturally fall asleep and then feel more refreshed on waking and then sprint sprint is uh, completely the opposite it's got caffeine uh, obviously a well-known stimulant and l-theanine which is from green tea rather than coffee and it's got an uh, what's called an anxiolytic effect so it sort of uh, relieves the jitters that you can get with caffeine so that's the kind of the nutribox range and so we're looking at sort of brain health uh, actually improving cognitive function and then sort of acutely being able to manipulate biohacker, if you will, like your right. brain performance to help yourself sleep, help yourself um, concentrate. Because really, I mean, sleep, we could talk more about, but it's like one of those very natural like ways to hack your biology. If you can improve your sleep quantity and quality, your cognitive performance will be better during the day. And it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had one of the best sleep coaches in the world on the podcast not too long ago. And and that. that's yeah it's basically like you recharge your body during sleep and everything and like you plug in your iphone into the computer and it just just reloads you so yeah you're, yeah right on about sleep i'm um, just talking just in nootropics is in, in in the biohacking realm with it can you give the audience a few just main points that they can do daily like what can they do to enhance their brain cognition and enhance their focus and mental clarity? What are, what are some easy things that they could do through, um, what, what could they take or through nootropics that they could do on a daily basis? Yeah, so sure. I mean, I think I'd refer back to the products that we have on offer here at Human Nutribox. Um, 
vitamin D and vitamin K fish oils, like very, very well validated. Okay. Um, very, very good, very easy to build into your regime. Uh, then the other products, like as I said, we have there's a, um, a plant extract that's called rhodiola, a plant extract that's called bacopa. And those are two that are quite well studied and oh. sort of been shown to have like fairly robust like cognitive effect. Obviously, there are other things out there that you can take like uh, Ritalin, um, Racetams, and, but some of these drugs, some of these are drugs oh. rather than foods and are more tightly regulated so you may have to get prescriptions for for some of these other things i mean gotcha. to get tropic effects some people go as far as like microdosing um lsd right. things i mean <laughs> it depends how, how hardcore you want to go right um, right right and that's another thing that people can sort of be a bit more mindful about just straight up is their use of caffeine and i know so many people that can't start the day without a coffee and if that's the case you need to maybe start um you know, playing with, you know, like doing a bit of self-experimentation and seeing if you can uh, firstly work out exactly how much caffeine is in your morning coffee, because the amount, one of the reasons that we have our other product, which is called Go Cubes, it's chewable coffee cubes, is that that's a fixed amount of caffeine that you know that you're getting as whereas um, actual peer-reviewed science has been done looking at the caffeine content of your standard latte that you get even from the same store and it can vary by like over a hundred percent the amount of coffee that you're getting just even if you buy the same product so if you could if, if you wanted to like work out what your caffeine needs were start off by figuring out like a standard source of caffeine and i know i'm you know personally i quite like you know the feeling of like holding a hot cup of coffee and that for me that's part of like the revitalizing experience i'm not suggesting you kind of completely replace but but if you've got if you feel like you're dependent on caffeine first start working out how much you need and then over time you can kind of like start powering it back and then you can be a bit more strategic about when you use it so that you're using it for you know the reason it was intended so kind of as an acute stim stimulus rather than something that you take every day and you're it's a crutch rather than right. sort of something that's actually helpful right 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 okay that that makes a lot of sense so use caffeine figure out your caffeine content that you're taking that's going to help you instead of being rely on it like you need it it's going to be a stimulant that helps your brain helps your focus that makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense yeah. so, so work out how much you use yeah. and then from there you can maybe par it down and so then you can just use it mindfully as an athlete we would use caffeine before we would race right. because again like fairly robust studies that say that caffeine ingestion just before you go and compete, that will improve your performance. But if you're tolerant to caffeine or if you're, um, you build up a resistance, then that you're not going to get that same benefit. Mm -hmm. So as an athlete, it's, you know, even more important that if you're going to use caffeine to help you perform, that you want to get the maximum benefit from that, that you're not kind of like desensitized to it. Yeah, I think I've become desensitized to it. I'm at way yeah. too many cups of coffee a day, but no, I never used to have it, but now <laughs> more and i want to want to it's something i want to be better at yeah that like like you said the whole part of the experience my favorite thing in the morning is waking up with a warm cup of coffee smelling yeah. it drinking it and then having yeah. about six more yeah um, <laughs> okay so let's look for the for the audience fish oil is going to help uh cognitively caffeine in the right amounts what what else can they do um like you, you mentioned two different types of uh you said vitamin d you said vitamin d Vitamin K. Okay. And then I talked a little bit about uh, rhodiola and right. bacopa. Okay. What exactly What exactly are those? 
Uh, rhodiola is a plant extract okay. um, that has got sort of been associated with increased attention, neuroprotection, and they did a very interesting series of studies and doctors doing night shifts, uh, giving them rhodiola, and the doctors were, uh, it was a double-blinded crossover trial, and the doctors that received rhodiola, they were much less fatigued than the doctors that didn't, so they were better able to kind of complete their night shifts. Which which was pretty interesting. Yeah, interesting. Pretty interesting. interesting. Very interesting. And what about what about for sleep? Can can uh, people do something um, in the biohack nootropics field? Well, as as I'm sure sleep? you kind of uh, discussed with your previous podcast guests, that all of the things that you actually physically yeah. do in your environment, they're like the biggest contributors. But in terms of nootropics, right. magnesium, um, magnesium. Either, whether it's in a pill form uh, like it is in yawn. Or um, some people suggest like having like a bath with magnesium salts and having a soak if you're really struggle struggling to sleep. So that that's like you know pretty pretty well validated. Um, and as well, you can use melatonin. And what's interesting yeah. about melatonin is that often the supplements out there they've got a very very high dose of melatonin, but melatonin isn't um, hasn't got like a linear dose response relationship with sleep. So past a certain point taking more of it is not going to help you sleep. So the dose that's in yawn is actually quite a lot smaller than is found in a lot of other supplements. And we believe that's more optimal for sort of helping with sleep, the, the lower amounts. So I think people often just associate more and bigger with better. And I don't think it's a case with melatonin. Uh, and another thing that we have in there is glycine. And so all of these things are meant to calm your mind, be anxiolytics and, and help you go off to sleep. Huh, very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Audience can definitely take those points and improve each day um, using all those. And and we talked about, uh, or you, you talked about using caffeine for sports performance before you competed. There's something I want to ask you about too that I think is the cutting edge of sports performance, and I think it's just the cutting edge of human ev- evolution as well as the exogenous ketones. Yeah, well, uh, obviously with my background, we were going to talk yep, about it a yep. little bit. <laughs> I want to get all sciency and deep and dirty into that. So Let's hit do me it. on that. <laughs> okay um so yeah we'll go go kind of from the beginning like when we were cavemen and like hunters and gatherers uh we were like developing our brains the brains were getting bigger and the problem there is that the brain is very very energy hungry it can take like a 25 percent of your metabolic resting metabolic rate just to keep your brain going uh, the brain needs to have glucose because fats are you know, broadly unable to cross in through the blood-brain barrier into the brain and can't really account for much of the brain's energy expenditure. However, we as an organism, we don't really store very much energy total as carbohydrate, especially in comparison to fat. We've got thousands and thousands of calories stored as fat, even in lean people, as whereas we've only got, you know, maybe one to 2,000 calories stored as carbohydrate and glycogen. And so if we go back to our caveman, that's a real problem. If he, if the caveman can't find a source of carbohydrate, of glucose, and the brain needs glucose, then this is, this is not good for brain function. And obviously, you're going to die if you can't provide a fuel source for your brain. But that seems quite silly when you've got thousands and thousands of calories stored as fat that the brain can't use. And so mm-hmm. it's really interesting. If you look back at evolution, this uh, there's this uh, sort of science called phylogeny, which is like looking at how things uh, evolved and branched off one another. And if you look at back at the phylogenetic tree of uh, where ketones appear in evolution, it's when things started to get bigger brains and more energy-hungry brains, the ability to produce and then burn ketone bodies appears. Now, ketones are a way of making fat accessible to the brain because unlike fat, ketones 
can get into the brain across the blood-brain barrier and can act as an energy source for the brain. What happens is if you have no carbohydrate in your diet, very, very, very little, very low carbohydrate, or if you're completely fasting, the body over time, when the carbohydrate stores run out, the body starts to release fat and the fat goes to the liver and the liver makes ketones from fat. Now, then you've got circulating fat and your muscles and other tissues of your body can use that, but the brain can use ketones. And they've shown that when we're sort of following our normal Western diet, almost 100% of our brain energy comes from glucose, whereas if you fast for a prolonged period of time and you've got lots of ketones in your blood, up to 60% of the brain's energy can come from ketones and not glucose. So it's a really, really important fuel for the brain, and that's sort of like the evolutionary context. Uh, And so really, up until now, the body was either fat burning and producing ketones and didn't have any carbohydrate or you had enough dietary carbohydrate uh, to mean that you didn't need to produce ketones and your body kind of did high intensity exercise off glucose and sort of sort of subsists mainly on fat and the brain was using glucose but what's happened over sort of the last bit of bit of time last sort of 20 years or so is people have got interested in maybe giving ketones when you've still got carbohydrate in your body and that's where exogenous ketones kind of arrive they're like either ketone drinks and the early researchers they gave them as uh, infusions straight into the vein and so they were interested to see what happened to physical performance when the body not only had carbohydrate which is its sort of like default energy source for like especially high intensity exercise but the body has carbohydrate fat and then also ketones and so I was interested in looking at the different ways that you can give exogenous ketones and then the different ways that they can affect metabolism and thereby maybe also improve uh, performance. So, so uh, that's very, very interesting. I want to unpack that there. So right now your body's either burning carbohydrates for fuel or fat for fuel, correct? Pretty much. I mean, like when we're at rest, we're actually like mainly fat burning because we're not we're not needing to do much work. But because we've got carbohydrate and high high enough blood sugar, there isn't enough of a strong signal for the body to produce ketones. So ketones only start to appear when you have no or your blood glucose is really, really falling and you've got no glycogen carbohydrate left in your muscles or your liver. It takes a while for that to happen. It can take days for that to happen. And so um your, your body at rest is kind of burning a mixture. Your brain is burning carbohydrate. Your muscles are probably burning fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're definitely not really burning ketones because there aren't any. And so when and we, we'll talk a little bit because there's a bit of a difference, right, between at rest where we're like not doing much work and we're burning fat in the muscles, uh, glucose in the brain. And when we start to exercise, uh, we've got a lot more energy demand and the body needs to produce um, ATP, which is the way that the cells store energy. The body needs to produce that much quicker. And just in terms of like the metabolic pathways, um, the way of producing energy from carbohydrates and glucose, it's much quicker than fat and, and a bit more efficient as well, kind of oxygen efficient. And so um, when we start to need to produce energy quickly and a lot of it, we default to going to carbohydrate metabolism rather right. than fat metabolism. And so your listeners are probably kind 
familiar with the idea of like fat burning exercise and that's kind of like a bit lower intensity that's what you do when you go out for like a 10 mile run you don't go super hard but if you're going to do like uh intervals of you know 800 meters on the track or you're going to go and like sprint your body because the energy uh, demand is so high and you need to produce energy quickly you need to use carbohydrate for that so um the classical fuel for higher intensity exercises, carbohydrate, and okay. that's long okay. been uh, believed to be kind of like the limiting factor to endurance performance. So they did some very interesting studies where they took muscle biopsies and looked at the amount of glycogen or carbohydrate in the muscle and then measured time to exhaustion. And the more glycogen you had, so the more carbohydrate you had before you start exercising, the longer that you can go. And so for exercise, carbohydrate is a major determinant of how how far you can go unless you add exogenous ketones in and which is where it all starts to get like a little bit uh, so uh, it's, it's it's basically exogenous ketones are the best of both worlds so there's been a lot i mean a lot of studies done on ketosis and people becoming more understanding with ketosis and as a biohacking nut myself i was into ketosis a, a few months ago and went on some extended fast which you probably shouldn't do unless you consult a doctor first but i got into a high level of ketosis mm-hmm almost it was like a i think it was like a 5.2 millimeter range which is very wow. high ketosis very very uh, high yeah through through fasting and how long were you fasting to get to that level uh actually it was a five-day fast and it yeah was, it was kind of crazy um i built up to it before that and i like wow. to experiment things on myself first before i can even talk about them that's um so i wanted to try and and after day after day almost two to three you don't even feel hungry anymore in ketosis. I felt my mental clarity was just absolutely locked in. I was basically yeah. saying words in conversations that I didn't even know I could say. I was just flowing so well in day like, four and uh, day Cooper five. And you know what? That's that's kind of what it was. That's it's it's interesting you say that, but it felt that way. It felt like that that movie Bradley Cooper and Limitless, where I'm using more of my brain. I'm more locked into my surroundings. Um, yeah kind of like iron man focus too like i could work out and and be fine um but but that makes perfect sense given what we were just talking about exactly. with how ketones are very how ketones take a while to build up so initially the first couple of days you're kind of hungry and your body's like oh what's going on because you're not producing very many ketones it takes a while for them to build up and then once you've got like five millimole ketones in your blood you're like superman right it's, it, it, yeah it's a it's a crazy feeling for people that haven't felt that as as the millimeters millimeters my my fault um it's it's something you don't really understand until you feel it but it just i mean it's really hard to get into it it takes a lot it takes a lot of time as we're talking about it takes a lot of um like if you're going to diet go through ketosis and diet it takes a lot of structure and time but the best of both worlds of what i've um, what i've found and what i've tried is the exogenous ketone where you can put the glucose the benefits of glucose and the energy for the high intensity training mixed with ketosis where it's you're burning fat as your fuel more efficient way for your brain to burn fat cognitively focused energy um everything so basically you're mixing exogenous ketones is is mixing the best of both worlds of glucose and ketones together yeah. correct so, yeah, I mean, like, that's the really exciting thing because it's never been able to be achieved before where you have both fuels available. But there's one yeah. really, really crucial difference between um, ketosis that your body produces and ketosis from a drink. And so yep. I think there's often like a bit of confusion. Um, people say that... Um, if you have ketosis from drinking exogenous ketones, oh, well, then I'm burning fat 
that's not really the case because if you've had a ketone drink, then the ketones that are in your blood are from the drink and not from your fat. Right. So if you if you fast for days, the ketones that I measure in your blood are from your fat burning and, and giving you ketones. However, if you have a ketone drink, that's not actually accelerating your own fat burning at all. And actually, ketones have a very potent effect to, um, that is actually the reason why normal people don't go into ketoacidosis. Ketones downregulate their own production by stopping fat release. So if you have a ketone drink, the ketones from the drink act to sort of like slow down fat release from your fat stores just in the short term while they're in the body. But you, one thing you did say that was very interesting is that ketones make you less hungry. And so I think, you know, when, when people are sort of thinking about, oh, would ketone, mm-hmm. taking ketone drinks help me lose weight? And I know some people have re- reported weight loss with ketone drinks, uh, just sort of like anecdotally, like off the record. Um, I think that's probably because they're less hungry and it's not because the right. ketone is melting fat off their body or anything right. like that. So, yeah. And, and I talked about how, how long it took in that fast to get into that state of five millimeters. But I, I've also been able to test the exogenous ketones a few times and yeah. I got there in less than 30 minutes. So what took five days to get to that same feeling of the Iron Man feeling took 30 minutes with the exogenous ketones drink. Yeah. That's that's a thing that's never been done before, never been out there. And that I, I personally think after being able to experience it is um, absolutely a an evolutionary change in how um, – I mean, performance can be enhanced in a, in a very healthy and legal way. And I'm not saying anything. This is everything very healthy and, and very legal. So, yeah, my research group in Oxford were the first people to test in humans ketone esters. Um, so ketone ester means that we've got one molecule of ketone, which is called beta-hydroxybutyrate, and we join it chemically to an alcohol called butandiol. And that's a very um, – butandiol just gets burnt uh, – t- sorry, not burnt – turned straight into beta-hydroxybutyrate in the liver because it's got the same number of carbons. It's very structurally very similar to a ketone. So when you have ketone ester – the body breaks it down into its two components and the, the ketone beta-hydroxybutyrate part of it just goes straight into the blood and it's there as a ketone. And the alcohol bit gets processed very quickly by the liver and you end up with two molecules of beta-hydroxybutyrate for each one molecule of the ester. And so that's what I've done my research on, exogenous ketone esters uh, based out of the University of Oxford. Interesting. That's So, yes, the ketone ester and how I like to compare it to um, things that people can have a, a grasp of it. Think of the energy that Red Bull is going to give you, but in a super healthy way with more cognitive function, even more energy, and it's going to be lasting for you. It's not just going to be a boom, an up, and a crash, but you're able to last with it. So, players, yeah. NBA players, NFL players, that's why I think it's going to be extremely, extremely valuable for top level performing athletes and for those that want to be trained like a top level performing athlete. It's going to give you that that advantage in a healthy, natural, um, just overall unbelievable sense. And I think what's really unique about the particular ketone ester that I worked with in comparison with um, one other type of ketone, which is called the ketone salt, is that with a ketone salt, you get a ton of sodium and a ton of calcium and or whatever, whatever ion it it is that you use to sort of uh, bind to the ketone. 
as whereas with the ketone ester there is no sodium or magnesium or anything like that it's just pure uh, ketone and ketone precursor there's nothing um for athletes i feel like um you don't want to be like overdoing your sodium intake and things like that it's um and also uh, high in- higher incidence of gastrointestinal symptoms with these subjects and and the other thing as well is that from my own work i haven't seen um very good levels of ketones with the ketone salts comparison with the right. ketone ester yeah so there's actually a study that came out i think it might have even come out yesterday or two days ago from a group based in new zealand uh, headed up by a researcher called paul larson who's the head of high performance sport in new zealand and they gave ketone salts to athletes and then uh, did i think it was a 60 minute cycle and then a four minute power test and the levels of ketones that those athletes got to was only 0.6 millimolar so that's a lot lower than in the research that i published which was sort of like more like four millimolar so you know orders of magnitude smaller and then there was actually no performance enhancing effect of salts in those athletes i mean it's a shorter trial and i think ketones are probably most beneficial when you're having to sort of perform for longer and recover quicker and you know i think four minutes it's quite quite small time to see a difference but i think it's no the main notable factor for me in that study was how low the levels were with the salt i think that was um a clear reason why it may not have had a performance enhancing effect because i think that in order to to be really helping the body out it needs to be there and able to be burnt as a fuel and 0.6 is is not that high yeah yeah and and from everything i've heard salts are kind of like a false a a false ketone it's not really going to help you get into ketosis we're going to be putting up a a load of content because i think it's really important that we um educate people about exactly what's happening to their biology when they use this and um because the deeper an understanding that we can get then the more likely people are going to have benefit when they use it and um especially with sort of um i mean metabolism is really complicated and ketosis even by itself before you start thinking about exogenous ketosis it's very complicated and people really grapple with it and like what it means and then exogenous ketones come along and it's sort of the same but also quite different and and so the concepts are you know uh it's you should invest a bit of time in understanding it because then you'll mostly get the benefit you got to be educated before you just take a stab at one of these things and think it's going to work you got to know what's what you're putting into your body that's a very important life lesson right there yeah yeah for sure okay quick break in the podcast as your mind is being blown into the future of the jetsons in everything exogenous ketones and we have a lot more coming up from brianna stubbs why breakfast is definitely not the most important meal of the day what you can do three things that you can do right now today to improve your life on a daily basis And literally, what is coming next in human evolution and human development? Coming up in the second half of the podcast. So I got to tell you what I've been using on a daily basis. It's Whoop, the Whoop band. And they are absolutely blowing up. They have announced by ESPN that they are now partners with the National Football League. They are partners with Major League Baseball. They are becoming the first wearable to be able to be worn in professional sports. A lot of the NBA players, DeAndre Jordan, Matthew Delvadova, Chris Paul, wearing them, trying to hide them. Not supposed to say that probably, but Whoop is taking over. You're not an athlete three hours a day. You're an athlete 24-7. And what Whoop does, it tracks your personalized recovery and your recovery determined by your day strain how well you are ready to perform for the next day, the sleep you need each night, and your deep sleep, everything sleep stats, it tracks it all. 
And the really cool feature that I use with my players is we're all on the same team. So I get every morning I wake up, I get to see what one of my NBA players here did, what one of my NBA players there did the day before, how well he slept. So I'm able to track everything. And you're able to compete with your friends if you're not NBA players or trainers. But it's a really cool aspect that you can have a bond and a challenge and a competition with. And lucky for you, Game of Lifers, Whoop is offering a discount 10% off, $50 that is, if you enter the code TGL at checkout. Go to whoop.com. Everything will be linked in the show notes. You will become a professional athlete. Okay, our call-in of the week comes from Danny. I won't say what team he's with. He is an NBA scout. I'll leave it at that. Danny writes in, that podcast with Gary Sachs was awesome. Never met him, seen him in a bunch of places, but wow, what a grounded, humble guy. Someone I'd want to work for. Loved what he was about. Awesome podcast, David. Please keep them coming. Man, that's cool right there. Thank you very much, Danny. Shows that the NBA is listening to these podcasts, and they are taking note of it as we get these top-level performers and NBA players, GMs on the podcast. I would love to hear from all of you to be entered to win NBA tickets of your choice to the new really, newly released schedule for 2017-2018. I don't think Danny will need the free tickets, but we'll enter him anyways. So you can leave a review on iTunes, linked in the show notes, or anything on social media. Reach out to me, Twitter, Instagram, email me, call me, Morse code, you know, just get a hold of me. I want to hear from you all. All right, now it's time to get back to the podcast with Brianna Stubbs of Human. And remember, the three-pointers of the week are coming up. MVP Russell Westbrook has been out here in L.A. training. I'll tell you all about it and how you can watch. Here we go. I want to hit you with some some questions about um, about the evolution of humanity. Just some, just some rapid-fire questions. Just... just Give the audience a little teaser on what you guys think is is coming up in the evolution of humanity, where where it's going. So, I mean, I think like the philosophy here at Human is that humanity, like for for too long now, we've had ease and like optimal. There's like two set things, and like doctors treat ease, and then like biohackers and people kind of like who do self-experiments they may be and athletes maybe as well like they're working to get themselves optimal and actually, i think where we see everything going is that everything will be joined up in the spectrum and people with who have a lot more access to sensors a lot more access to data they're going to be able to take themselves all, all the way from being unhealthy to being optimal and you shift their position on the spectrum a lot more independently because people have got a lot more information and a lot more ways to kind of uh help get help analyzing their information so as uh, as an individual all of a sudden you've got a supercomputer in your pocket that's going to tell you, you know what your blood glucose was how many steps you took today your activity you can input your food like so many things that we can measure and track ourselves and so we think you know what we believe is that the humans are really the next platform whereby we're gonna uh sort of everyone's gonna go from being a back of the you know like back of the garden like uh, experimental biohacker and everyone's actually going to be a professional biohacker everyone's going to have the tools that they need to really really optimize their biology in much the same way that back in the uh, early days of the internet you had to go and like plug into the mainframe and it was like <laughs> it was only computer nerds they were like yeah. oh yeah. this thing called a computer i know how this works <laughs> now, now we all have supercomputers in our pockets like iphones everywhere this is like we're connected to the internet the whole time it's 
it's it's really cool to see how that's changed in such a short amount of time. And now, you know, medicine and performance, mm-hmm. there it won't be different things anymore, and we'll all be able to kind of integrate things a lot better. Man, so I'm gonna have to out biohack all the biohackers because now everybody's a biohacker. Exactly. But the thing is as well, I think that people often, especially when I, because I've only been involved with the company now for like six months or so, maybe just over. But when I heard I'm a biohacker, I was like, what? what is that? Like, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether, you know, it sounds a bit nerdy, a bit fringe, a bit weird for me. But then I kind of realized that as an athlete, I was hacking my biology and like trying to optimize my biology all of the time. And so actually I think that people who initially maybe are a bit afraid of like, biohacking as a term probably are biohackers you know in some sense and so like you said that those of you that have kind of considered yourselves biohackers and made that like a badge of something that you're proud with we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to move on we're gonna have to step it up <laughs> step ahead of the curve of yeah. like work everyone's gonna get to be a biohacker yeah exactly um give the audience three ways three main ways that you can think of to increase longevity whether it's increased longevity of their lifespan or just being able to uh, live each day to its optimal performance level for uh, a better life? So I think the two, the top two that spring to mind uh, is regular exercise because exercise, uh, it like induces autophagy inside the cell. So it encourages cells to clean themselves up it doesn't have to be you know i'm not going to set you an exercise regimen but like moving around and being active that's a really important part of like mental and physical health and well-being and will expand extend your health span and your lifespan if you're mindful and and sensitive about how you exercise and the second thing would be to consider trying some sort of intermittent fasting or time restricted eating so that you give your cells and your metabolism time to really reset in between periods of feeding i gotta Uh, gotta stop you on that point thank you for making that point because that's what the american public says is it gets it all wrong that they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day Uh, i've since i've been intermittent fasting and not eating breakfast and just drinking coffee in the morning i felt so much better health-wise energy-wise everything so thank you for making that point well, I mean, like the basic biology of it is that um, every time that we eat something that contains carbohydrate, you, your body releases a hormone called insulin and that goes up in the blood and that brings your blood glucose back down and helps you to digest and store the energy from that meal. But nowadays when we're snacking and eating all of the time, we've always got this insulin in our blood and it's going up and down. And, and not only is it signaling for the body to store um, energy, it's also kind of activating a lot of different signaling pathways inside the cell and that that sort of gets overwhelmed after a bit of time. And so actually having a period where you don't eat and your body's not got insulin present in the blood is very restorative and very, um, very healthful thing to consider. So, I mean, you can either do what we practice here at human is every day or every week on a Tuesday, uh, we do like a monk fast as a, as an office, as a community. So, everyone has dinner on Monday and then doesn't eat anything on Tuesday. And we often all come together and eat breakfast together on Wednesday. So it's 36 hours wow. where we just drink, drink water or coffee. Um, but it's a nice, it's nicer to do it in a sort of social kind of way. So I'd yeah. advise yeah. Um, your audience go away and look up. We've got a fasting community called we fast on Facebook. Uh, and that makes it a lot easier to fast with friends. But I also find a little bit like you said, with clarity, I find that throughout the day, I get more clear. I also find it's a lot less distracting, just knowing straight up, I'm not going to eat today, you know, then 
kind of just like, that's it. I'm done today. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to obsess about it. I've decided I'm going to fast. I'm going to do it rather than I find like calorie counting can be quite, uh, then it sort of actually can end up consuming your day because you're like, oh, did I eat too many calories at breakfast? What am I going to eat at dinner? And, you know, it's especially like from my background as a rower when I mean, I definitely couldn't fast when I was doing as much training as I was doing then. And I don't think it would have been healthy. But, you know, I had to be very careful of what I was eating because I was competing as a lightweight. And so I had to weigh in as part of my event. And so managing my body composition alongside like a really big, heavy training load was was very difficult. But it, it turned into kind of like this tortuous kind of you know, making sure I totted up everything. And so in a way, fasting is a nice release from that. It's just a decision you make. You're not going to eat for this amount of time. So like I said, either a 36 hour fast once a week, that's a good thing that people can very easily build in. Not only is it like good for you, but it saves you money because if you don't eat, <laughs> yeah. you don't spend as much money on food. But anyway, also like you're talking about time restricted eating. So most people maybe have breakfast at like, I don't know, seven and then maybe a morning snack at lunchtime and then afternoon mm-hmm. snack and then dinner. Some people don't eat dinner until like 9 p.m. Um, and so starting to close up that feeding window, whether it's by not eating breakfast or eating your evening meal a bit earlier, any anything you can do to even extend it by a couple of hours makes a difference. There's one very interesting study which I read where they had people eating exactly the same calories in the diet, but one group had dinner at 6 p.m. and the other group had dinner at like 9 or 10 p.m. And the group who had dinner later they had much worse sort of metabolic health outcomes in the long term. So even a shift of three hours and those, sorry, you know, breakfast time was fixed. So both groups had breakfast at the same time, but it's a three hour difference in like the overnight fast. And that's making like a real, uh, a powerful difference to people's metabolism. So even a small change in when, and that was something I found when I was uh, initially making the change from an open weight rower where I didn't have a weight restriction and I was, um, so I was 67 kilograms. I don't know pounds very well, but um, I then had to race at 125 pounds or 57 kilos. And so I had to lose about about 10 kilograms. And one thing I did was I ate my dinner much earlier and that helped me to lose yeah. weight. Yeah, I, I found the same thing too. I, I, I try to keep it restricted in about an eight hour time window. So I'll go from from usually lunch about noon and then have dinner either seven or eight and then go yeah. Uh, intermittent fast until the next uh until noon the next day but i like i like that monk fast i'm gonna try that out we'll link to yeah, that I mean, on facebook do, too yeah, i, I want to get it, it i'm gonna get in with you guys yeah do it on a tuesday come if you're up okay. in san francisco when we're doing it you can join in and come for a good breakfast on wednesday there's nothing as good as like breakfast the day after like oh, man, as long as we can smash some bacon and eggs i'm there yeah, bacon and eggs all the way oh count me in okay that's two give us give us one more for the audience that they can do so right now we have exercise Consistent yeah. exercise, don't have to be anything crazy, um, time-restricted eating, and one more. Oh, wow. Um, I guess, like, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with what I know, and I'll say, you know, like, consider um, using maybe, like, an exogenous ketone supplement. I mean, I, you kind of caught me a <laughs> I think those two would be my top two. Yeah, maybe, you can go with top maybe two. Maybe in 10 right? years' time. Okay, and then once, yeah. You know, we'll, say, we'll, say in, we'll say in 10 years' time, maybe people should be considering incorporating some sort of, like, uh, ketosis, whether it's through fasting yeah. or whether it's through a drink. I mean, I think, yeah. um, but I mean, maybe something that people can implement right here, right now would be like a mindfulness practice. And so mm-hmm. that really was transformative for me when I started using the Headspace app and making a little bit wow. of time for whether it's, whether it's guided meditation, like Headspace or like a gratitude journal or something like that. It's really, 
a really powerful way of keeping your soul happy and that's, 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 that's something that's, people neglect yeah it, it really is and that's that's really cool that you say that as well too because all the top performers that that i've interviewed on this and that i've listened to there's always some type of meditation always some type of meditation i, I like to have my gratitude journal in the morning and, and just giving thanks to the lord for everything that he's put in my life and just just really yeah. just breathing it in just taking taking a slow morning with my coffee like i talked about yeah. and then just but also giving thanks it's really in- interesting that if you do meditation and, and sort of like kind of contemplative time like taking time it does uh it it has a beneficial effect on your heart rate variability yep. so if, if you're doing like and that's a very big uh, marker and just sort of determinant of recovery so if you're able to kind of get your heart rate variability more normal and more recovered through meditation then that's then that's really a good thing physically for you as well you are spot on we could talk literally for the whole day that's that's all just great stuff right there um just real quick a couple just rapid fires i always like to ask uh, top level performers like yourself mottos that you live by my dad always used to say one life live it and i know it's like a real cliche but uh, it's just that little sound bite kind of like you know it's got to get out and do it yep yep exactly um what do you think of when you think of the term successful for me successful means being able to kind of appreciate what you've achieved before you like move on to the next thing so maybe you know like for me successful isn't static and it's not so i don't feel like I'll ever, you know, like I am successful, but I don't, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm not dissatisfied, but I'm always like looking for the next thing. But I think a really important trait of a successful person is that they do recognize that they have had success. And we're talking about gratitude, you know, being thankful for the, that what's got you there and the hard work and sort of, yeah, being, being switched onto that. So for me, a successful person would be like always moving on to the next goal, but appreciative of the fact that they've achieved some good things yep appreciative in the moment living in the moment and always looking for the next uh adventure to attack i like that yeah Yeah. okay how about in a nutshell advice that you can leave the audience with uh whether it's future growth of human whether it's future growth of exogenous ketones just something that the audience can take away at the end of this and be like all right i'm psyched up about exogenous ketones i'm psyched up about the ketone ester whatever that might be yeah, I, I mean, I, I think my advice to like, the audience would be to always like critically read and think about what where they're getting their information from because there's just so much. This, now that I find the internet is like quite an overwhelming place, um, and there. So I think that with exogenous ketones, because um, obviously there's the compound that I've been working on, ketone esters, there's also kind of ketone salts, and there's lots of people in this space making a lot of noise and shouting a lot and so i i hope very much that human we're going to be able to be thought leaders and a real clear voice in all of the kind of cacophony um but just you know wait until there's evidence before people before people just accept what they're being told because there are a lot of claims being made and there's no evidence and so people to, to always like challenge what they read, look and see what the citations are and what research has actually been done and what research is still to be done. And, you know, even with the ketone ester, there's still so much research that I want to see being done. So many things that I'm really excited about, you know, whether it's for performance or whether it's for health and longevity or whether it's for sick people and patients treating disease. And these are all areas where I see exogenous ketones having a really big impact. However, you know, we're not there yet with the research and we just need to, we need to, 
get it out yeah. there so people can use it and then be mindful and thoughtful about the research questions that we ask and who we partner with to ask, answer those. So, I mean, yeah, the future is really, really, really bright, but okay. make sure everything, you know, like evidence-based, evidence-based, evidence-based all the time. Great. That's great advice. And from knowing you and, and Jeffrey, the CEO, I have a lot of trust in you as people and a lot of trust in you as just what you guys are doing and growing at Humans. So we'll link to everything that we've been talking about here today. Uh, is there any any other way we can follow you guys uh, so, on a daily basis, uh, social media? Yeah, I mean, yeah I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm at Brianna Stubbs. So I've got okay. like, I think my followers get a bit confused because I share a lot of stuff to do with ketosis. And then last night I posted a picture of some banana bread that I made and people were like, oh, is that <laughs> low-carb banana bread? I was like, nah, I just made banana bread because I'm running a half marathon. <laughs> Yeah, see, you see, you're an absolute machine running a half marathon. You are uh, an Olympic rower. I mean, not yeah. a whole lot you haven't done. Well, I've got, I've got a lot of things on my bucket list to tick off still. Well, so. Let me know what's on your bucket list too, because I'm gonna try to get after those too after I smash yeah, that huge breakfast with you guys. But Jeff, he's also on Twitter as well. He's um, Jeffrey Wu. Jeffrey Wu, Jeffrey Wu. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We'll get. And him. obviously, human is on Twitter as well. H at HVMN. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I know we'll be checking in here later in the year, too, because the audience will be really excited about what you guys have going. And I know I'm super excited about it, too. So all the best. um, And I mean, thank you so much for your time. And we'll be talking soon for sure. Big time thank you to Brianna Stubbs of Human. We will link to everything on the show notes, how you can learn more about Human and what they are doing with the ketone ester. We'll let you know all about that when it comes out. We'll probably have them back on again. That's just great information. That's a great information behind the scenes that maybe none of you guys knew about. But now, if you made it all the way to this podcast, through this podcast, you can take away things in your own life to improve on a daily basis. That's what the game of life is all about. All right. Without further ado, it is time for the three pointers of the week. Three points that I'm trying to self-improve, life hack myself. So the book that I'm reading is called Relentless by Tim Grover. Tim Grover was a trainer for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and dozens more. And what he did helped make them greater. And now, for the first time ever, he reveals what it takes to get those results, telling you stories that no one else has heard, and showing you how to be relentless and achieve whatever it is you desire. Sounds like a guy we should have on the podcast. Three-pointer number two, the biohack that I have been learning more and more about this week and trying is Transcendental Meditation, or TM, was developed in the 1950s by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, Hindu. It's a form of meditation, basically where the practitioner sits quietly and repeats a single word or phrase over and over. This repetition focuses the mind and quiets the body, shown to have many positive results. Immediate effects including cardiovascular, lowering lowering blood pressure, raising heart rate variability, emotional effects such as more creativity, better focus, less depression, and just overall improved use of brain reserves. That's transcendental meditation. And there's apps that can help with this. Headspace is a great one. 10 minutes, it'll just get you focused. 10 minutes is not a long time. I know it's tough to find in our busy schedule, but trust me, it helps you immensely. And the third three-pointer of the week, the behind the scenes in the NBA. This is the MVP Russell Westbrook training personally in L.A. 
you will be able to see training videos only if you sign up at the newsletter. If you go to dnabasketball.com, dnabasketball.com, opt in to be part of the family, and you're going to see firsthand the MVP of the NBA training in the offseason. And let me tell you, there is no off day or relax button in this guy's system. What you see on the floor in the games during the regular season and playoffs, the most dynamic player in the NBA in arguably the past 25 years, is the same way on court as he is in the offseason. Just like the book by Grover Westbrook, man, he is relentless. And if you opt in to DNA, David Nurse Academy newsletter at dnabasketball.com, you will get to see Westbrook training video firsthand and not to mention just super cool weekly info that you can only get being a part of the family and a game of lifer here at the Game of Life podcast. Well, there you have it. The three pointers of the week and a great podcast from Brianna Stubbs of Human. Have an amazing week. And remember, life is a journey. Enjoy it. Game of Life. David Nurse signing off.